Welcome to the Grace Vineyard Podcast, where we are building growing communities of worshipers who are becoming like Christ, empowered to do His work. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning, everybody. I am really excited and a little bit nervous to be up here today, but um, I really feel like God's put some stuff in my heart that I'm excited to share, and I think my nervousness is just in that I want to be able to communi- communicate it clearly. Um, so with that, um, let's open in prayer. Um, Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for your great love for us. Um, God, I pray that you would allow me to communicate what you've put in my heart clearly. Um, you would give me the words and, and more importantly, the heart to, to share um, who you are and how you love us um, and, and how you've called us to respond. Lord, I just pray for everybody here that you would open their ears and open their eyes to be able to experience you, not just to to learn about you or hear about you, but to truly experience you. So, Lord, be with us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Um, for all of you I don't know, I'm excited to see new faces, and I see a lot of faces I haven't seen in a long time, and I'm excited to see you too. Um, I, the first part of this, I think, is a little heavy, but over the last maybe five or six years, um, and I might have said this to you, if you know me, it's been on my heart for a long time. I feel like God has been showing me how depraved humanity is. And that's kind of dark and it's kind of heavy. And it feels heavy. Um, you know, we are, the Bible says we're slaves to sin outside of Christ. We are bound to sin. And, and in that, we, we live separated from God, separated from his love. And we make it the best we can. We, uh, we go through life, honestly, without a lot of security. There is, there is no security outside of God's love. And, and in that, that fear and that pain and the things that we experience, we, do, we, we come up with a, a law for living. We all have a, a law that we establish of how, do, how does this make sense? How do I respond to it? How do I live out of it? And... and Honestly, we go around as hurt people, hurting the people around us. And, and those people then become hurt, and they hurt the people around them. And, you know, we look around the world, and we see the wars, and we see the hurt, we see the murder, and the, all these really dark, heavy things, and think, there's no hope. There's no way out of this. And outside of Christ, there is no way out of this. It is the state of mankind. It's where we start. But the news, the good news, the reason that I'm here, and I hope that you're here, um, and maybe you don't know yet, but is that there is a great hope. And as this darkness and my awareness of how vast and deep and, and inescapable this darkness is has grown, my awareness of how incredible the cross is has grown. And so my hope continues to get exponentially bigger as I realize how hopeless I am in my own self and how hopeless we as humanity are separated from God. Um, The first verse I wanted to read today is Romans 
chapter 5, verse 6 and verse 8. I skipped over 7 because it's a little just disclaimer in there. But um, you see, it says, it says, you see at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Verse 8 says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. There was nothing we had done, nothing we were, we were capable of doing to get ourselves out of the trap. We were slaves. We don't look at a slave and judge them for being a slave. We all were born into a place where we couldn't escape. Now, we had to have a rescuer. And at just the right time, in God's good plan, the rescuer came. And, and he came to restore us to what he designed mankind to be. And we go back to the garden and the relationship between God and Adam and Eve. And the intimacy that was there. And, and the life that was there. Prior to sin, it was life. After sin, it was death. That's what, that's what mankind was in for. And he restored his, his messages that through the cross, he's restoring us to that relationship, to the intimacy that, that Adam and Eve had. Um, I don't know about you, but sometimes, often, I don't quite grasp that. And I want to get into, well, we'll get there eventually, but I want to get into the disconnect there. Um, as Ron was going through Galatians, Something that was said over and over was Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Right? You guys remember that? We've been hearing that for months now. And that is true. There is no arguing that. That is, that is a fact and fun, fundamental. Um, but sometimes I think, it, well, I know in my distorted way of viewing the world, what I heard in that is then it's all Jesus has to do everything and I have to sit here and just wait for it. And I don't see that being the message of the gospel either. Um, there's a theologian that I've read a lot of, and a lot of maybe what I communicate today will come out of ideas I've gotten from him named Dallas Willard. And a quote that I heard from him recently was, grace is not opposed, not opposed to effort, it's opposed to earning. There's nothing we can do to earn our way to be good enough with God. But we've all come from this background of hurt and pain and just a, a giant mess. It doesn't look like God's kingdom. And he invites us into his family. He invites us into a new kingdom, a new culture, a new way of living. But we don't know how to do that as we come in. That's, that's the natural state of it. We come in not... I, I, I still today carry a lot of stuff that's not Jesus. So as I think about Jesus plus nothing equals everything, I, I struggled with, well, what then is my response? What do I do? What, what is, how is it that I respond to this? And um, the, the call is not to earn my way in, but to realign myself with God's kingdom. And to, um, to do that is going to take some effort on my part, because everything I know is based on what this world has taught me. Um, my family has experience with adoption. My, my adopted child came to us at two and a half. 
she would, has no conscious recollection of her previous life. Um, but everything that she lives and acts out of comes from the foundation that was built on that. And daily, she is learning something new in a new family, in a new culture. We have been adopted into God's family. John chapter 1, verse 12. Previous to this, um, John's explaining how the the Jews and, and the people of God had rejected him. But he says, to all who have received him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So we are now part of his family with a new way of doing things. What does it look like? What is his family? What is the, what is the purpose? What is the mission of this family? This, what it, what's been being revealed to me, and I'm still, you know, I'm, I feel inadequate to share this because I'm so far from grasping this yet. But what I've been seeing as I've been reading my Bible lately and as I've been praying and I've been talking to God, is that the, the fundamentals, the foundation that God's kingdom is built on is love. It's love from beginning to end. I skipped a part of my message and I'm trying to figure out how to get myself wrapped back around it. Um, I'm going to go back and catch this verse. 1 Peter, verse 1, 14 through 16. says, As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, Be holy because I am holy. Now here's the part I skipped. My question was, what does it mean to be holy? How is that defined? Um, if you read the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says a lot of things like, um, you have heard it said that you should love, your, love, your, love those who love you and hate those who hate you, essentially. I won't get the words perfectly right. He says, but I say, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you and do good to them. He says, you know, he says divorce. Not, this doesn't make it right if you just give a certificate of divorce. You're, you're meant to love. That's not exactly the wording of it, but if you read through the Sermon on the Mount, the things he touches on, he says, you know, you, you know you're not supposed to commit murder, but if you even have contempt for someone, you're in danger of, mur- of com- being guilty of that. The message that he's conveying is that love is the, the fundamental. It's not the action. It's not, it's not the way that you do things. It's the internal, the heart. And that's the, hard, that's the part that's hard, is that we all come with this heart that is built on something that's not right. John 13, 34, 35. Jesus says, A new command I give to you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. As I hear this, 
I start to, I hear there's a new law, a new commandment. And my natural response is, then I'm going to need to work harder to do better at this. And I, I want to make sure that this doesn't become the new law that we fail at. Love is a relational thing. It's not the law. It's, it is the commandment. It is what he's establishing this on. But it's not something that I need to judge you by and judge myself by. It's something that I need to come to him with and be, in, be empowered by him to do. <clears throat> I'm going to return to my notes because I'm skipping all over here. Um, another place I've been kind of living at in the Bible lately is um, John chapter 13 to about 17. It's Jesus with his disciples before going to the cross. And he's kind of given his last words. And he's given the things that are, I, I think, you know, last words are the things that are most pressing, the heart of the matter. He's getting down to the, the, the fundamentals of it. And over and over he talks about I love the Father, and you love me, and the Father and I will come and make our home with you. The Spirit will be in you, and he'll lead you in all things. And it's all woven together where it is a love from beginning and to end. <clears throat> in Matthew chapter 22, uh, is that, yeah, 22 verses 35 through 40, an expert um, one of the Pharisees came to Jesus, and it says, One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. It reminds me also when Jesus said, hey, I didn't come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill the law. The fulfillment of the law, the, the purpose of the law is love. But as we've already talked about and touched on, is in our own selves, we're incapable of fulfilling it. We're incapable of, of doing that. Um, 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 7, defines love defines what it means to love and what love look like, looks like. And I've said this a little bit already, but I have often, often I re, I've read my Bible and looked at it as a way of, am I doing okay? Am I not doing okay? Is my wife doing okay or is she not doing okay? Is my friends doing the right thing or are they not doing the right thing? And I've set it up as a way of judging myself and the people around me. The message I'm hoping to convey to you is that we all came to this broken and hurt and that there's no room for judgment. We all do it because we've all come from it, but that there's, there's more beyond that. As I read this, I, don't, I ask that you don't do your best not to take this as, as a measurement of yourselves. Don't take this as a condemnation, but as a definition of what it looks like to love. So it says, if I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If 
I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind, does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no records of wrong. It love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. This is a definition of who God is and what his love is. And as I try to measure myself to that, or as I try to live up to that, it feels overwhelming. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 gets to where I think the heart of the solution is. Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now back to the Jesus plus nothing is everything. I think Jesus plus nothing is light. And it's easy, and the burden isn't that heavy. But I often feel burdened. I often feel like life is too heavy. Um, I think that the solution lies in bringing those things to Jesus that aren't of him. The things that are of the world that weigh me down. Those things that hurt. The things that are full of pain. The things that I can't understand and are full of, you know, I have no, I have doubt, I have fear. Those places are the things that Jesus says, bring those to me. Come sit with me. Come let me minister to you in those places because what I have for you is good. I promise you life, an abundant life, more than you can even dream to ask of. Jesus says in John 15, verse 5, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Picture a grapevine. He says, if a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. The life, the hope, the promises of Jesus come in the relationship with him, being close to him. This isn't new information for anybody who's been in church. Um, But in a way, this is a new revelation to me as I have realized how much my church life has become a law instead of an invitation to be with him, to sit with him, to know him, and to let him heal the places that are hurt and let him to reestablish the foundation of what is true and to let me live the life that he's designed for me. So I want to get a little bit more into... How do we do that? I've heard many messages about doing that. but um, And I know I've heard messages about how do you do it. But I missed it for a long time. So I'm guessing that it's possible some of you are as slow as I am and have missed it. So I want to talk a little bit about the practical. Um, to recap what I've just done and why we need it. We've come into this from brokenness. We've come into this slaves to sin, and and our foundation is built on something that doesn't work. We come into the family only through Christ's love, through his grace. 
There is nothing I could have done to earn the ability to come into God's family. But he says, when I come into his family, hey, you're carrying a lot of stuff that's not yours to carry. In my family, those things aren't necessary. In my family, that's not how we treat each other. That's not how we do it. But the only way you're going to get to know that is by being close to me. The only way you're going to have the power to live the life I've designed you to live is if you sit in my presence and you know me and you experience me. So I will probably end early today because I'm looking at the clock, but I don't really think the clock's what stands you know, the test of time or the, is what matters most. So let me communicate my heart. Um, one thing I want to say is if this call, you know, we're called to love, we're called to be holy. And um, that's a heavy calling until we walk in step with Jesus and carry the yoke with him and let him be it. Um, The first thing I want to encourage you guys in, let me put it this way. If um, the Bible talks, there's a place in the Bible that talks about um, no longer being babies, needing, needing spiritual, you know, spiritual milk, but to grow up strong in the faith. And what I wanted to say to that is there is a place for being a baby. Babies need a mother who breaks down the nutrients into something that's digestible. And for every one of us, and in many places myself, there's many places in my life I'm still a baby in aspects, and I need someone who can break it down in a way that I can digest it. So the first thing that I, I want to encourage us in, in our practice of getting to know the Lord, is to grow in a relationship Find a person in your life who has walked with the Lord, who knows the Lord, and is ahead of you, and can break it down and hand it to you in a way that you can digest it. Um, now, that only works... That You're not intended to stay there. We're intended to grow and become people who can process the word ourselves and, and be someone who is now feeding the next generation. Um, all of these practices, I feel like we, we see in Jesus. Jesus not only was our Savior, but he came to demonstrate to us what it looked like to be the perfect man. So if Jesus modeled for us what we should live as mankind, then I think it's good to look at what he did. How did he live? And so one of the, one of the first things that he did in his ministry. You guys remember the, after, he's, after he's baptized, he goes into the desert, and he spends 40 days praying and fasting in silence, solitude. He wasn't with anybody else. I offered the first one as, this is your baby step. As we move out of the baby steps, as we move into growing in our ministry, I, I propose that making investing in being alone with God, in being quiet with God, turning off your phones, going away from the noise, and sitting quietly with the Lord is one of the places 
the, one of the fundamental places of establishing our relationship with him. I don't usually go with my wife to a crowded concert when I want to grow in intimacy with her. I go somewhere quiet with her. I, I, we sit and we talk and we talk about our hearts and we talk about what's on our minds and we talk about how we feel. And that's how we grow in intimacy. This relationship, this ability to love like God loved, comes from that intimacy. There's, there's nowhere else. I remember um, Kent last week as Steve was talking about um, investing in our church and, and investing in the temple. And Steve related the temple to being people. And Kent had shared, I had a really hard time with loving people. I wanted to just isolate and love God. And I thought that was such a... The story he told was as he just hung out with God, that God kept growing his love for people. And I thought that that was a really good illustration of what we need to do. I Naturally, I can enjoy being with you if you feel good. If, if what you do feels good to me, I can handle that. But that's not what love is. Love means I want your best, independent of how you treat me. I can't do that in the natural. If you don't treat me well, naturally, I don't want to be with you. That's simple, right? Who here wants to be with someone who doesn't feel good in the natural? But as I come into God's presence, and I am filled with knowing intimately, personally, how he loves me, how he cares for me, what he's done for me, I automatically start to know and understand and care about the people around me. And I grow and grow in love. It's, the two come together. Back to um, Jesus saying, hey, the most important commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Love your neighbor, neighbor as yourself. They're woven together. You can't start with loving your neighbor, but as you love God, loving your neighbor is woven into it. It comes naturally. Um, prayer and fasting. I want to talk about and you know along the same lines of Jesus going out into the desert there's a it's the same thing silence solitude prayer fasting they're woven together um, it's always been a struggle for me to think of, to to think about fasting for those of you who know me well my mom is sitting over here chuckling um, I would eat a giant meal at 6 o'clock at night, and I go in the refrigerator at 6.30 to look for something else to eat. And I've done that for years. It doesn't look like it. I don't know where it goes. But I could eat and eat and eat and eat and eat. And when I heard people talk about fasting, I thought, that sounds miserable. That sounds like death. But like so many things that God offers us, it's the opposite of what we expect. And roughly a year ago or so, um, I began fasting as a habit. And it's not long. I, I often, I usually fast one day a week from, I don't eat breakfast and I don't eat my like morning snack until lunchtime. Which, maybe for you, that's nothing. That might just be your normal every day. For me, that is, that's, that's an effort. It takes, it takes something for me to do that. And I've found in that, that I have grown so much in my trust of the Lord and that food is no longer a thing that I know I have to have. 
I have to. I, I would eat when I first, I mean, within 10 minutes of waking up, I'd be eating. And I've found that I'm free of that. I, I know that I can go without eating all day if I need to. I know I can go much longer and that food is not the thing that rules my life. And there's a freedom in that. Beyond just the food part, just having a, an intentional effort of I'm going to take my will and I'm going to bend it towards my relationship with God. The things that used to be a struggle of, hey, I want to, you know, I know God's good, but I kind of like this little thing over here on the side that's not that great, but maybe I can make some justification for it. Those things have just fallen away. I'm not even worrying about them anymore. I'm putting my will towards, God, I want to be in relationship with you. I want to invest in my time with you and my energy with you. And those things have fallen off. I don't share this with you to try to brag about what's going on. I share this with you because I found so much freedom in it. And I hope for you that some of these practices will help you grow in love so that we, as a church, can grow in love with each other. And as we grow in love with each other, the world will see that there's a God who lives here in us and that he's good. Um, another practice that, um, that is huge, and we see Jesus doing this, is to study the word, to know the word of God. I've heard this many times, and I hesitate to say it again, because I think sometimes it just sounds old. But God has gone through great lengths and great measures to hand us a Bible. And this Bible is God's revelation of his love for us. Even in the hard stuff to read, like you're reading through Numbers and Leviticus and Law and all these things that you're like, I don't get it. They're all God's message of love to us. Um, as I read the Bible, I, I get so excited about reading the Bible now. I used to, and I'm, I'm guessing there might, might be people here who feel like reading the Bible is something you're supposed to do. It's a... It's a requirement, it's a thing as a Christian that you're supposed to do, and when you're not doing it, there's guilt attached to it. And you think, ah, I know I'm supposed to read my Bible, and maybe tomorrow I'll do it. And then you don't read it tomorrow, and you're like, I can't do it. You know, I just, I just can't do it. And you start making reasons for why you can't, and it gets put aside. And you go, maybe that's for somebody else, but not for me. Let me encourage you. I know there's people who aren't good readers. I know there's all kinds of things that it's hard to do. But as I read the Bible... Grow in understanding and knowing and loving God in a way that I wouldn't without it. If God, I mean, the, the stories that could be told about how God has preserved his word through generations so that we have it now. I have it on my phone. I have it on a computer. I have it here in front of me in paper. I have it in my work truck. I have a Bible. I have a Bible everywhere I go. God's word is so available to us. And it is transforming. It is life-changing. As I read it, it's, it renews, you know, the verse about renewing your mind. It's, it's rebuilding the foundation that I had built in the world. And it's rebuilding it on what is true in God's kingdom. And it's life. It is so good. Um, I, I can't, I wish I could communicate it in stronger terms. Reading the Bible in the last few years, um, not this year, but the year before, I committed to reading through the Bible in one year. And I'd always been against that because it felt like such a law. 
felt like such a rule and it felt so burdensome. And I went, you know what? I want more than I have. And I've heard people say this is good. And I've heard people say that it, it's transforming. And I did it. And I am so much more in love with reading the Bible now than I've ever been. I started with a commitment, not a feeling, because I had heard that it changed your life. I heard that there was life in it. And so I encourage you, I've done it and I now know there's life in it. I don't know that, maybe it's not for you to read through the Bible in a year, but maybe it's just to have a, a, a book of the Bible that you're reading through every day and you read two verses or five verses or five chapters. That's for you. But the invitation is life. It's not a burden. It's not to hurt you. It's not a requirement to be judged by. It's, it's a life-giving thing to experience God's love in, in his word. Um, another practice that I want to encourage you guys to join into is worship. Um, I think, and I appreciate Amy leading us in worship, and the way that her heart is communicated to us as she leads us. And to come here and experience worship corporately, but I'm confident that Amy's ability to lead us in worship comes from a private time of worshiping the Lord and, and her times with him, just pouring her heart out to him in love and thankfulness and gratitude. And um, Amy often will read us through the Psalms in the middle of worship. That's a great place to start. That's a great place for me to start. I go there often as I go, I don't really know how to worship God. This feels kind of awkward. I don't sing well. I don't have any musical talent. I can't pick up a guitar and play it. That's what I have in my head is worship. And I go to the Psalms and I read and I just pray and I communicate with God as I read the Psalms. And then it grows into I'm expressing my heart to God. Whether it's in song or just gratitude, it's worship. And so I encourage you guys to invest in that time and just give God your heart, give God your hurt, give God everything, and, and remember to praise him because he's covered it all. Now, I'm going to... There, there's... These are all... Most, most of this is individual things I'm encouraging guys to do. But we've been called into a family, a body. We're the children of God. You're not just a child separated over here and over here, but we corporately are children of God in a family. And you guys are all here with us this morning, and that's awesome. I encourage you to grow in these places. Grow, not just this, because this often, I come in, I say hi to a few people, and I go out. But you guys don't really know my heart. You guys don't get to know... Um, what God's speaking to me or where I'm hurt or where I'm full of joy. And so I encourage you guys to grow in fellowship. Find a person, find a group of people, find people who have a heart for God and invest in those relationships. I was, Steve was talking about that last week. He's talking about you know, how, the temple and building up the temple and I really, last week, because I, I was kind of already thinking of this, um, but I, I was thinking the foundation that we want to lay is that this is built on love. This is, this is, my heart is, is that this would be the foundation for the temple that God's building. 
and we would be the pieces in it. And that the love of what, the, the ability to love that will develop as we practice being in God's presence and being in relationship with him will then come and multiply and bring fruit as we do this together. And we, we fellowship together. We come together and say, hey, who are you? What do you think? And we grow in knowing not just each other, but knowing God in that person and what God's done in them and what God's intended them for and how I can support them and they can support me. And it is awesome when it happens. And it is, it's so life-giving. Maybe that's the underlying thing of all this, is it's all life. This is the opposite of the world. It's life. The world is just, it's sin and death. And this, this God's, God's kingdom is the reverse of it. It's all life. I've done a lot of talking. I actually would like to hear from the people here in the audience. Um, do you have experiences in growing a relationship with God? Are there things that you have practiced in your life um, that have, have grown you in love with him and opened you up for him to pour his love into you? Can you share, Susan, would you mind sharing what God, what, what you have done in your life that has grown you in your relationship with him? I just realized that we have people on Zoom, so I'm going to summarize for them because there's a long, dead silence for them, probably. Um, so she was just saying that during COVID and the need for relationship um, has meant so much, even in the risk that it took for them to grow in, in praying for each other and knowing each other and um, experiencing God together. Did, is that a good summary? Yes. Okay. Um, let, me, let me say this. I, want, I wanted to open this up to you guys because often when I sit out there and I hear someone talking to me, I think, all right, that's fine. You got that figured out, but you're up on stage. You're talking today, so that's what you have to say. Um, I, I, want, I want to stir us up in our faith because, honestly, what I'm asking us to do is to put aside the ways that we knew how to deal with the world 
and to take on God's ways of doing it. And that's really scary. And that's really kind of dangerous, actually, because these are untested, untested ways. It's kind of like jumping into a, a test plane you, and, and taking off. And they're like, I think it works in theory, but I don't know. It's good to know, it's good to hear that it's not just theory, that it works in practice. And an illustration that I, I heard for this that stuck with me for years was actually a guy up here on stage once. And he said that God had given him a vision about, about faith and that it looked like him standing on the edge of a cliff and God saying, walk to the other side. And he said, I can't walk to the other side. There's a giant void here. And God said, trust me, just take a step. And in this vision, as, as he put his foot out, the ground rushed up to meet his foot. And as he stepped, he was standing on solid ground. That's a lot of what I'm asking you to do here today, is take a step. But it's helpful if somebody here stand, sitting next to you says, yeah, I, I took a step, and I found there was solid ground to stand on. And as I took another step, it was, it was solid also, but I, I couldn't see it until I had put my weight on it. So I encourage you guys, if there's... Um, there's a way in your life that you've grown in intimacy with God, and you have grown in knowing him, please share it, because this is, this is untried ground if you've never done it, and that's scary. And I want to encourage you guys in your faith. So is there anybody? Daniel, get... Here, hold on. Ken, Ken's going to bring you a microphone so people on Zoom can hear you. So how it works with me is just early in the morning I'm driving to work and um, I view that as my time to, you know, do prayer. Um, and as I say, I'm WIP, a work in progress, and I just ask God to just protect me for safety and just to continue to be in my heart and to help me grow. Um, so that's how I became getting closer and closer to God, and, you know, he gives me the strength to, you know, continue walking like you said. He'll protect me, and um, I pray for my family and everybody that I love and know, and that uh, that He just continues to grow with inside of me. So, uh, and that's just one way that I've been getting a little bit closer and closer. So, that's awesome. Um, I, I'm glad you said that because it brought something to mind that um, I, I used to struggle with. I used to struggle with the idea of routine. I thought routines weren't relational, and I've found that giving myself routines helps me grow in relationship. Much like having a, a scheduled date night with my wife helps me grow in relationship with her, having things built into my life that help me connect with God help me grow in relationship with him. So routines can be a trap, and if you just get to doing it over and over and over again, but you don't connect with him, but routines can also be an awesome tool to help you connect instead of just kind of going through your day like you've always done. Um, a guy that I, I know and really respect sets alarms on his phone to remind him to pray throughout the day. So there'll just be a couple times throughout the day that an alarm will go off, and as the day is going on and things get busy, the alarm goes off, and he looks down and goes, oh, yeah, and he reconnects with God. And it, I think it's a great tool to help you stay close. That's the heart of what I'm trying to communicate, is this, 
this call to love is the foundation, is, is, it's what Christ said. This is what it's all about. The law and the prophets are all summed up. And love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Love your neighbor as yourself. We have a, a challenge in that it's not natural for us. So what are the ways, the God-given, the Christ-demonstrated ways that we grow in that so that we can live the life he promised us, the abundant life, the exceedingly and more than we can even dream to ask him for. That's the life he's offering us. And so um, this is like scratching the surface. You know, what I want to end with, this is not a new law. This is an offer. This is an invitation to move into the good life. Don't beat yourself up when you, if you can't do it. If, you, if there's places in it you struggle. That's, none of this is for you to do alone. Don't try doing it alone. God intends for you to come to him and say, Hey, that one's hard. I can't do it. He says, I know. That's, that's right. Just come back and you know, let's keep working on it. I can do this with you. It's all about relationship. Just like your children. There's so much they couldn't do on their own. They needed parents. They needed guidance. We need our Father, our perfect Father, to help us grow in this grace. Um, <clears throat> I think that's all that I have to say. I want to um, I want to leave you guys with an invitation. I thought of calling it homework, but that feels a lot like an obligation. And I don't want this to be an obligation. I want it to be an offer to move into something good. I mentioned that um, I've been reading a lot in John chapter 13 through 17, and it's all about love and unity and the love of the Father being in us and us in Him and the Holy Spirit dwelling with us. So here's what I would encourage you guys to do. Is find someone who you're in relationship with, and if you can't think of anybody, then reach out and start a relationship. Call, call the church this week. Say, hey, I, I want to do this, and I don't have anybody to share it with. But read John 13, verse 31, through 17, verse 26. And then talk to somebody about it this week. Read about it. Pray about it. As you're driving, ask God what it means. As you're going to bed, pray over it. And then connect with someone this week. And ask them what they hear. And share with them what you heard. Ask them how they're doing. Ask them if you can pray for them. And I encourage you, that's a start. That's a place, a first step. And whatever, whatever first step you take is a really good step. So, um, if uh, Amy and Jay, if you guys could come back up. And if this connected with you guys in any way, or if there's anything you need prayer with, if, I mean... This is, again, it's relational. I don't, isn't it interesting that God gave us the ability to pray for each other and see healing? 
it comes back. It's relational. It's love. Him loving us through each other. Yeah, did you have something to say? So let me summarize for the people on Zoom. He was just saying that um, he's very intentional about staying in the Word. And that um, the verse he said was, if you draw close to God, he will draw close to you. Um, I love that. And, um, you know, one thing I didn't mention was memorizing Scripture. Just to meditate on the Word. To meditate on it, it has to be in here. And just to sit with it. And to sit with God with it. And just to ask him what it means. Um, I hope you guys, I hope I was able to communicate that God's heart for you is for good. And that these things that he's given us to do, the things that we saw Jesus do when he spent time in the word, when he spent time fasting, when he spent time alone with the Lord, when he spent time in the synagogue, when he did these things, these are to bring us life. And it's an invitation for you guys to move into life. There's no room for judgment in it. God knows who you were. He knows that we were slaves to sin and we were completely desperately helpless without him. He came, did the work that we could not do, and he invites us, doesn't force us, he invites us to join him. So my encouragement is to take the invitation, whatever that looks like, whatever you're capable of. God's not worried if you're not capable of a lot right now. Give him the little you're capable of and watch what he does with it. I love you guys. I pray, um, Lord, I just pray that, that you would sink into our minds what you want us to remember. I know for each heart in here, Lord, that we're all in different places. And I pray that your your love and your grace would lead us closer and closer to you. We hope you've enjoyed this message. This weekly podcast is available on our website, gracevcf.org, where you can learn more about Grace Vineyard and our vision for people everywhere to know and worship God.